Hello, I'm Sister Lisa, and I'm coming to you today from the Edwin Elder Library. And I'm going to be reading on page 209 from the book on prayer. An Awakening Indeed. The temperance and abolitionist movements were born during this season of revival. One of the great proponents of the latter was of Charles G. Finney, 1792-1875, and no discussion of the Second Great Awakening would com be complete without mentioning him. Finney is remembered as the father of modern revivalism. His ministry focused on the latter part of the Second Great Awakening, leading up to and through the Civil War. Just before Finney becoming a household name and driving force of the Second Great Awakening, he noted the local church had grown sleepy and lethargic. He ordinarily spent early mornings at the church to pray, but now convinced others to join him there. He made the rounds early in the morning to awaken men to meet him to prayer. Finney believed when there was a deep breaking up of the heart, then God would move in an unfettered manner. These lessons he carried across America in a series of revival campaigns that saw tens of thousands turn to the Lord. Page 210. The Second Great Awakening affected entire regions of the country. New churches, colleges, universities, hospitals, mission movements, and ministries were established. This awakening, like the previous one, found its roots in extraordinary or united prayer. The third awakening. Every great movement can be traced to a kneeling figure, Dwight L. Moody. The third awakening, 1850s to 1900, spans the years preceding and following the Civil War. As a nation was torn asunder, many people turned to God in prayer. Unlike previous awakenings, the historical figures who marked this time are also are so many it's hard to narrow the list let me select two great moves of the spirit during this time with two praying individuals first was jeremiah lanifrier 1809 to 1898 who was at the opening of the third awakening the second was lucy farrell 1851 to 1911 who was at its closing the prayer revival in 1857 to 1858 the kneeling figure in the third awakening was jeremiah lanfear and Unemployed Taylor asked to do outreach work for a declining Dutch Reformed Church in Lower Manhattan. A snapshot of the condition of America could be seen in three successive months in 1857 near the Dutch Church. In June 1857, the Great Police Riot took place in New York City Hall with rival police factions squaring off against one another. Fifty-three were injured. Page 211. July 1857. The Five Point Riots took place in Lower Manhattan over a new law to reduce alcohol consumption. Several were killed and dozens were wounded. In August of 1857, financial panic hit Wall Street. The oldest flour and grain company in New York failed. On its heels, the Ohio Life Insurance and Trust Company, located in New York City, suspended payments. Its failure led to financial panic on Wall Street and across America. Into this, Milu, in September... 1857, Step Jeremiah Lanafier, a convert of Charles F. Charles G. Finney. He printed and distri distributed um, handbills inviting people in the financial district to a weekly noon prayer meeting in a second-floor hall at the North Dutch Church on Fulton Street. One side of the handbill read, How often shall I pray? As often as the language of prayer is in my heart, as often as I see my need of help, as often as I feel the power of temptation, as often as I am made sensible of any spiritual declension or feel the aggression of a worldly spirit, 
In prayer, we leave the business of time for that of eternity. Jeremiah Lampier. The progress proved slow at first. Only six people showed up for the first prayer meeting, a few more the next week. In October, they decided to meet daily rather than weekly. Within weeks, there was not enough room in the church to hold the noon prayer meeting. By winter, the Fulton, Fulton F-U-L-T-O-N, Street Prayer Revival, saw prayer meetings expanding beyond the Dutch Church to the Methodist Church on John Street and the famed Trinity Episcopal Church on Broadway. In early 1858, many churches and public halls in downtown New York were filled with people praying. Page 212. Criminals turned themselves in. In one prayer meeting, a person who planned to murder someone and then commit suicide confessed his intention. Ships coming into Arbor felt the presence of conviction. Local newspapers increased their coverage of these events. One ambitious reporter in a horse and buggy raced around town one day to the noon prayer meetings he could reach to count the people who showed. He made it to 10 prayer meetings and counted a total of 6,110 people in attendance. Prayer meetings became front-page news with headlines such as Revival Sweeps Yale, New Haven, Connecticut. Five prayer meetings go around the clock, Washington, D.C. City's biggest church packed twice daily for prayer, New Haven, Connecticut. State legislators get down on knees, Albany, New York. Ice on the Mohawk broken for baptisms in S-C-H-E-N-E-C-T-A-D-Y, New York. Prayer meetings cascaded across the city and country. People turned to the Lord by the thousands every week. In New England, church bells called people to pray in the morning, noon, and evening. Converts by the thousand began to flood into various churches and denominations from 1857 forward. Three spiritual streams seemed to flow from New York City. The first went northward to New England, where Boston saw a fresh resurgence of revival interest. The second went southward through the mid-Atlantic stakes, where the cities such as Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and others saw great results. The third stream flowed westward into the Ohio River Valley into Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Chicago. Yale Harbor, Dartmouth, Amherst, Williams, Wake Forest, Trinity, Oberlin, and other major colleges and universities witnessed prayer meetings and numerous people turning to the Lord. Charles G. Finney was still alive to see this happen. At a prayer meeting in Boston, Finney told of a man who had crawled almost 2,000 miles from Omaha, Nebraska to ultimately reach Boston. Did I say crawled? He traveled. I don't know where crawled came from. He said prayer meetings dotted the entire 2,000 miles. I'm sorry to laugh, but I really did say crawl because that's what I thought it said. My eyes played tricks on me. Could you imagine crawling that far? It's still a long way to travel, 2,000 miles. Over time, people across North America and around the world read the reports of the prayer revival, called alternately the Noon Prayer Revival, the Layman's Prayer Revival, or the Fulton Street Prayer Meeting Revival. The revival spread throughout North America into the British Isles, continental Europe, South Africa, India, and Australia. That's on page 213, and we'll read the rest of that page tomorrow. But I just want to um, interject a little thought right here. But these prayer meetings in this book, this book, the book on prayer by Brother Ken Gurley, is sparking um, prayer meetings among our young people and among our um, women's groups and across different people in our apostolic Pentecostal movement and I'm sure other denominations as well. Um, you may have heard of uh, the prayer meetings in Decaturville, um, Tennessee. It's over like in Parsons area. Uh, they've been having um, citywide prayer meetings and they've been going uh, around and they've even had news coverage about it. 
And so God's doing great things in that area. And that's just within an hour, I think, within an hour or something from here in Henderson. But I know that on Wednesdays, my friend and I, we have prayer meetings, and um, God's been doing good things then too. So God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.